All right, join me in prayer, and we'll start over. All right, hey, we, we know that God's going to bless it. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, only this I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I tell you what, I uh, I prepared early in the week to bring a message to you that I I uh, I thought was the message that that God would have me me share with you. But in the course of this last week, uh, the Lord has kind of given me a, a little bit new direction. And uh, so what we're going to talk about today is some real stuff, okay? Today we're going to talk about the coronavirus, okay? Now, I'll tell you, this is not CNN. Uh, we're going to look at the coronavirus from a little different perspective. Uh, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to discover today that the, the, the major truth about the coronavirus is not being talked about. Now, you can go to any news syndicate you want to, and the truth will not be heard there, okay? And so we're going to talk about what that truth is, okay? Uh, and and let, let me just go ahead and throw it out there, and then we'll get into what God has, has got for us this morning. Listen carefully, okay? Because you're not going to hear it on TV, and you're not going to hear it at the Walmart. The truth is that God is bigger than the coronavirus, okay? So mark that down. However... The world has done gone crazy. All right? The coronavirus scare has brought our country to a screeching halt. I mean, it, it is the only thing anybody's talking about. It is, uh, you know, they're, they're closing schools and, and, you know, canceling sporting events and, and travel, hospitals and nursing homes. We can't get in to see those people. The government is shutting down. Uh, travel's been halted. I mean, it is a really, really big deal, okay? And, and, and that doesn't take into account the financial implications, okay? Because there are going to be some financial, uh, uh, you know, problems that, that this has produced, okay? And really, uh, it, it can be dev devastating. You know, the stock markets are down, and I'm, I'm not a... Uh, Bill Mercer's my finance guy, right? So whatever he says do, that's what I do. I'm not a big finance guy, but I do know this with the stock market being down, even if you don't play in the market, and that's not where, where you, you know, put your investments, it's still going to affect you because it's the stock market that sets the economy, okay? 
And so it is going to have an effect on everybody and on every business. Look, from, from you know, stores to restaurants, um, you know, it doesn't, any, anybody that, that has a service to offer, it's going, they're going to suffer a little bit. You know, uh, uh, one, one of our, our dear brothers uh, that, that's here this morning, Doug Mechner, is talking about, you know, the effect it's had on his business. So no matter what you do in life, it's going to affect this, this stock market problem is going to have some effect, okay? Uh, and so we, we need to know that if, if we're not careful, okay, the, the money, you know, problems that this is going to create... Uh, could, could really turn into something significant. Unless, of course, you make toilet paper. If you make toilet paper, you are rich. I'm talking about, hey, Charmin is having a good day. All right? It, it, had we only known, we'd have put all our money in toilet paper stocks and we'd be fine. But we didn't do it. Bad gum, you know. But, but look, everyone is going to feel the pinch, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint. We'll, we'll sort of visit about that a little bit. But, you know, the, the thing that, that just boggles my mind is you can't buy toilet paper. And, and, and again, I, I, hey, it's, you know, we need that, right? It's good stuff or whatever. But, I, I, you know, Carol was at the store, and she's like, you know, uh, there, there's, there's plenty of food, plenty of medicine. There ain't no toilet paper, you know. And I, to me, it's just crazy. But, but really, here's what become evident. Okay, it is not the coronavirus itself that's caused all the problems. Now, look, that's the source. But but really, the problem is the fear of the coronavirus. It has temporarily crippled our society. Now, I am not here this morning telling you don't take the coronavirus serious because it is serious and it is dangerous. Okay, and it is it is going to affect some people. Okay. But here's what I do want to say. We cannot let the, the fear associated with the coronavirus cripple our society. We cannot allow it to send us into mass hysteria. Okay? Because what we've done is, is magnify the problem by a gazillion. Instead of just dealing with the problem and, and maintaining the level head, we, we've gone crazy and we've caused bigger problems than the coronavirus could ever cause, okay? And so this morning, what I want to do is remind you again, God is, not, is a lot bigger than the coronavirus. And I want to share some words with you that, that the Lord has given to me, uh, words that you and I need to take hold of as this whole coronavirus deal uh, plays out, okay? Now, all these words start with the letter P. Uh, didn't intend for it to work out that way, but it just happened to. Uh, and so I, I'm going to give you some, some P words, right, that you need. Uh, look, I encourage you, write them down, okay? Because you, you may need to fall back on these words, okay? And the first word is this, pray. That's the first and most important thing that you and I can do. Do you know that prayer is the most important tool we have? It is the most uh, important thing. We understand that God is not stronger than the coronavirus. We, we have seen God deliver people, rescue people from leprosy and lameness and blindness. We have seen him raise people from the dead. Tell me God can't handle the coronavirus. You and I know people who have been delivered from cancer or tumors or addictions, whatever it is, we know God is bigger than the coronavirus. 
And so we have the opportunity to, to lift our voices and our hearts up to the Lord because we know He is able. Now, I want to tell you something. As believers in Jesus Christ, if you're here this morning and you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, you have God's ear. Think about that. When you talk, God listens. Okay? And so you and I have got to know that because we are children of God, when we pray to Him, He hears those prayers. You know, you think about what took place in the desert for the Israelites. They were about to die of thirst, right? Do you think for a moment God didn't know they needed some water? He knew. But He didn't give them any water, did He? Until they prayed to Him and asked for it. Listen, God knows what you and I need. He knows what our country needs. He knows what our leaders need. He knows what the folks that are, that are dealing with this disease need. He knows what the medical workers need. But He's waiting for us to, to approach Him in prayer, to lift those things up. You know, James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And then the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Listen to me. You are most powerful when you are on your knees before God. And so what we have to do in this hour, if we do nothing else, we must pray together. We must pray. But I will say this. uh, If you and I pray, but we don't believe God's going to answer that prayer, He won't. So we have to to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we must also believe that God is listening and answering the prayers of His children. Okay? Over in John 14 and 13, it says this, and I'll do, Jesus speaking, He says, I'll do whatever you ask in my name, so that, uh, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Okay? And do you know how sad it would be to know how many Christian people How many even of you have prayed for something and didn't receive it simply because you didn't truly believe God was going to answer your prayer? You see, when you and I pray, it's not the words that have power, but it's the faith and the belief in our heart that God answers our prayers. That's where the power comes from. Excuse me. I heard a story the other day about a a church that was stocked plumb full of prayer warriors. And this church has been going for many, many years, and God is living and active within this body, and the church finds out that they're going to put a bar right down the street from their church. Well, they ain't having none of it, and so they decide they're going to pray against this this bar going in by their church, and so they begin a 24-hour prayer vigil about this church. I mean, about this bar. They're going to pray that God doesn't let that bar go in by their church. And they begin to pray. And in the midst of their prayer, a storm blows in, lightning strikes the bar and burns it to the ground. Okay? And so when when all the aftermath uh, begins to unfold, the bar owner realizes that they've been praying that, that God wouldn't let it start, and he blames the church. And the church denies responsibility. So it goes to court. So now you've got uh, this bar owner 
he gives his side, well, you know, judge, they, uh, you know, they are praying that, that my bar wouldn't go in, and then God struck my barn down, and uh, my bar down, and, and uh, so I hold them responsible. I want to sue that church. And the church says, wait a minute, we, we didn't do anything. All we did was pray. It, it we had nothing to do with us. Right? You know, that's just, that's just you know, happened. And so later, the, the uh, judge is asked by the media about the case, and he says, well, it's really strange. He said, I- I'm, not, I'm not real sure how it's going to turn out. He says, because apparently we have a bar owner that believes in the power of prayer and a church that don't. <laughs> right? The power is in our faith and belief that God will answer our prayers. There's where the power is. Anything else, look, you can, you can pray all you want to, but if you don't believe God is listening and that God's uh, answering your prayers according to His will, you're just talking words. That, that doesn't mean anything at all. And so in this hour, what our country needs, what our, our leaders need, what her people need, what the folks that are dealing with this disease need are the prayers of people who believe God's promises. That's what they need today. And so you and I pray. The next uh, word I want to introduce to you today that starts with a P is the word practical. Practical, okay? You and I need to think and act practically, okay? We, we must rely in this hour on godly wisdom, okay? Uh, look, it's not going to do us or anyone else any good for us to lose our heads in the midst of everything that's going on. It's not going to help us to run around in circles with no clear direction, okay? And when we do that, uh, when, we, when we act out in, in uh, irrationality, we are convincing everyone else that, you know what, everything we've said and, and what we represent ourselves to be is not true. You and I must be practical. We must seek the Lord and allow God to help us make the next best step, okay? And so uh, that was a short one. Got another one. How about this? Perspective. You know, it doesn't matter what we're thinking about or talking about or doing. Perspective is important. We've all heard the story about, you know, the man that felt sorry for himself because he had one shoe until he met a man that had what? One foot, right? So it's perspective. And I think that in everything that you and I do, we should put those things into perspective. And certainly, it's important here, okay? Now, these numbers are not exact. Uh, I, wrote, I finished this sermon on Friday afternoon, but, but I want to just share some numbers with you. Now, let me say this real quick, okay? Do not get the idea that I'm telling you the coronavirus is no big deal, okay? Don't, don't get that idea, all right? Uh, I, I think it is a big deal, okay? But, but, but I do think we have to keep things in perspective. So I just want to share a few things that, that I kind of looked up uh, through the CDC. So as of Friday at 5 o'clock or 5.11 in the afternoon, 145,046 people worldwide contracted the coronavirus. Okay? Now, that is 145,000 out of 7.8 billion. Listen to me. 7.8 billion are zeros to the arena, okay? So 145,000 out of 7.8 billion, all right? And out of the 145,000 that got it, only 5,408 have died from it, okay? Now, if we talk about what, uh, you know, the the real numbers, the coronavirus has killed 5,000 out of 7.8 billion people, okay? Again, I'm not saying this is not a significant thing, okay? 
But mathematically, it works out to one death for every 1.56 million people worldwide, okay? Now, when we consider uh, what's going on in the United States, uh, 2,000 cases have been reported. 2,000 people have tested positive for coronavirus thus far, okay? Uh, that's 2,000 out of 3.5 million that have, that have um, contracted that disease. And as of this morning, I looked it up, there have been 58 deaths in the United States as of this morning from the coronavirus. Now, um, it's important to also note that, that the, the vast, vast majority of the people who, who catch the coronavirus get over the coronavirus, okay? Think about it. If there's been 145,000 people that got it, 140,000 of them lived through it. And the people that didn't, most of the time have some kind of pre-existing condition, okay? There have been people that have had it and got over it and said it's just sort of like having a cold, okay? Again, I'm not downplaying the coronavirus. I'm just trying to make sure that we have things in perspective, okay? Now, uh, uh, consider this. Last year in the United States, 80,000 people, not worldwide, but here in our country, 80,000 people died from the plain Jane flu, okay? We're at 58. All right, And I believe that our government, our leaders, I believe Donald Trump has, has taken appropriate steps to limit that from becoming an, an epidemic here in, in the United States. I believe that you and I are smart enough to, to, to you know, uh, do the things necessary to keep that from happening. But again, we're talking about just some perspective. Okay, uh, I was talking to, to Bill the other day, and, and did you know that 129 people a day commit suicide in America? Every day, today, 129 people will take their own lives. And we're talking about uh, in the last however long it's been since the coronavirus has been around 58 deaths. Okay, So, again, it is a huge deal, but, but, but there is reason for us to keep things in perspective. Okay, I didn't share these statistics with you today to convince you that all is well. Because I don't believe all is well, right? And I don't think you should either. I just think having the information is important, okay? Uh, look, the reality is we do not know what the coronavirus is going to do, okay? Now, if you watch CNN, they're going to tell you it's over. We're done for, okay? And we may be. I don't know, okay? But you have to understand that... The, the coronavirus itself is, is the least of our problems right now. Our problems are, are, is the response to the coronavirus, okay? And so we don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? Things could get a whole lot worse. They could. They could also get a whole lot better because of the steps that we've taken in the United States to prevent that from, from uh, you know, turning into something else. So it is not an issue to take lightly, but... It is important for us to put everything into perspective, okay? So the biggest thing you and I can do right now is pay attention. The biggest thing that we can do is practice good hygiene, right? Um, you know, to, to wash our hands regular and try not to touch our face. What it boils down to, and there seems to be a shortage, at least uh, worldwide, it boils down to use a little common sense, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, go on to the next uh, P word, and this word's important, okay? This is the word prepare. You know, you and I must be prepared, okay? Now, when we talk about uh, that word prepare in a church setting, typically we're talking about being prepared to meet Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, if you ain't prepared for that, none of the rest of it matters, okay? 
If you haven't, if you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, you're not ready uh, for, for that, uh, you know, you, you can forget the rest of it. it doesn't, it's not going to matter to you at all. But, but the dictionary defines the word prepared this way. To make something ready for use or consideration or to make someone ready or able to do or deal with something. That's what the word prepare means, okay? Um, to prepare for something is we have to do that in advance, okay? We wouldn't call it preparing uh, if we waited till there was a crisis and then tried to, you know, get everything together. We need to be ready in advance, just like in our, with our relationship with the Lord. So we do not know what's going to happen. And because we don't know, we need to take uh, caution. We need to make sure that we, we do the things up front to prepare for what could happen. And we don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will happen, but it could. And if it does, we're prepared, okay? So we don't know how it's going to play out in the course of the next weeks or, or months uh, that, that are in front of us. But we do know there's a possibility that you're going to need to be able to take care of your family when, you know, uh, stores and, and all of these other things could be closed. We don't know, okay? But we certainly don't want to wait till those things happen and they go, wait a minute, I don't have any toilet paper, right? That, that, that'd not be a good thing, okay? So you need to have general supplies on hand at your house, okay? You need to be able to, you know, look, do inventory in your cupboard. Make sure that if for some reason, I don't believe it will, but it might, but if some reason you can't go to the store and, and, and buy a hamburger helper, maybe you got enough at home to make, take care of your family, okay? That, that, there's, that's prudence. We want, we want to do those things. Make sure that you have food and water and medicine and, yes, toilet paper. You've got to have those things. But, but do it now so that you're prepared if that becomes necessary, okay? Now, uh, something else probably that we ought to consider, we do know that this... The, the financial implication from the coronavirus is it, it could be very significant, okay? Um, you know, we, we, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, right? But it could be significant, all right? And so one of the things that we must consider is as we think about the fallout from this coronavirus scare is what is it going to do to the financial system and to our personal finances, right? And so I want to encourage you today to prioritize, right? Prioritize your, your finances, okay? Um, so, uh, you know, things that you don't have to have, don't buy, right? So, I look, I need some new fishing baits, but I'm not going to buy them right now, all right? I'm not going to do it, okay? So if you have money that you spend just to, to do some things for entertainment or whatever that, maybe hang on to that, okay? Maybe hang on to that. You might need that down the line. And if you don't, when you get done, you can go on a cruise. You done saved all that money, right? So be wise is what I'm saying to you. Be wise. Prepare in case. Take care of your finances in case. And then if nothing happens, wonderful. You've, you've set some, some uh, you know, really some really practical uh, things in place in your life to always be prepared. We don't know. Even if the coronavirus does just like the bird flu and the swine flu and every other flu that's come along, and, and, and in three months we're looking back going, boy, that was a mess, right? It could do that. But that doesn't mean that the week after that, when it's all over, said, and done, it doesn't mean that, you know, there's not going to be some other attack. And so we should always be prepared, okay? Look, I'm not a prepper, okay? I'm not. I know some of you are. 
and, 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 and that's, that's good. It really is. Okay? Um, you know, I, I, I try to, to look at things from a, uh, the standpoint of, uh, you know, need to be able to take care of my family, but I also need to not be so caught up that I forget that God is in control of my life. Right? Uh, so, look, be wise, prepare. Be ready. Be ready to take care of your family in the event that, that everything collapses. Be ready to take care of your family, okay? I believe that, that that's a, a, a great thing for all of us to do, okay? Um, Lordy, it's hot in here. All right. Um, oh, so I, I wrote this down. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to prepare for the worst, and we're going to pray and believe for God's best, right? Can't go wrong. All right, here's another one, and this is, this is the worst one. This is the one that's gripped the nation. This is the one that's, you know, really just uh, tearing everything apart. And this P word is called panic. Panic. Listen to me. The whole world has panicked. Okay? And as we said uh, at the onset, it is the panic about the virus that's caused the, the vast majority of the problems. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the reality is... All it takes is one person to panic, and it kind of forces the rest of us, level-headed people, to adjust, right? Look, if someone, because people have panicked and started buying toilet paper, what are the rest of us doing? We're buying toilet paper, right? Okay, so look, it doesn't take, there is a, a chain reaction that takes place in these situations. It is a domino effect, and so... We, we, even though we may have a level head and, and, and be able to kind of view this from a spiritual standpoint and all that, we still have to, to make sure that we're, we're doing those things to take care of ourselves. But the world has just flat panicked. And especially, you know, if you're watching the news, any news syndicate, look, they, they are, they're just pouring panic out the TV. They, won't, they want you to panic, okay? But panic is not from God. It is amazing to me how flighty a human being really is. I mean, seriously. I, you know, I, I always think about, of course, I, li I like to deer hunt. I always think about, I'm sitting up in, in, a, in a tree stand, and I've got my bow there, and, and I'm watching some deer move around. And, and, and if one of those deer flicks its tail, they, they, they're gone. It's amazing. People are worse than that. I mean, really, pe people are just prone to panic. And panic ain't from God. Do you know God is not the author of confusion? That, there's another fella responsible from that, for that. Okay. Now, look, certainly the coronavirus is a bad deal, but it's the response of the people that have made it far, far worse. Okay. The news outlets are, are a big part of this, and I'm not saying don't watch the news. It's important. You've got to know what's going on, all those things. But, but when people begin to panic, that just spreads. I mean, it's like gangrene all over the world. Carol was telling me the other day, uh, I was, actually I was working on this sermon, Carol came in, and, and she came in about 5'11", I know that because it made it right into my sermon there. Carol was at Walmart in Greenville, and uh, she said that the, the, the guy comes out of the back room and he's got one of them carts, you know, you, you jack up the pallet and tote the stuff, load it down with toilet paper. She said it was like a parade. He was leading the procession. And people were snatching that toilet paper fast as they could lay it out, you know. And, 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 and of course, what did Carol do? She brought 188 rolls of toilet paper. 
Not because she's panicked, but because everybody else is and they're getting all the toilet paper. Okay? So panic is not from the Lord. Okay? Panic is born of fear, and fear is not from the Lord. We have been called to live fearlessly because of God and because of our relationship with Jesus. And I'll tell you something. Christians ain't immune to this. Okay? Christians are not immune to this panic. All right? Uh, I'll tell you this. I have a lot of Christian friends, and some of them have lost their mind. I mean, whoo, crazy, you know? And, and so visiting with some of, of, of my buddies, you know, talking about this, um, you know, really, I, I just I always go back to the same thing. I said, you know, this is an opportunity for you to prove that you trust the Lord. It's an opportunity for you to prove it, you know? Um, I, and I've, I've visited with several guys about that, you know, because here's the reality. Each one of us, everybody in here, okay, man, woman, child, it don't matter. You have a choice to make right now. And the choice is this. You can either choose to live in fear, okay, or you can choose to live by faith. That's the choices that you're given, all right? And so we, we can live, by, live in fear like the rest of the world that has no hope, or we can live by faith knowing that in the midst of all of the turmoil, God is still on His throne. Amen? And God is bigger than the coronavirus. So listen to this account of events that took place here in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says, That day when evening come, he said to the disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took uh, him along just as he was, uh, just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with them. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? And it said, verse 39 says, He got up and rebuked the wind and said, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And verse 40 says, uh, He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this that even the wind and waves obey him? Listen to me. When you and I live in fear that leads to panic, we are saying to God and to everyone else that we do not trust the promises of God. Over and over and over again in the Word of God, we are called to cling to our faith and to resist fear, to live fearlessly. And the way that we do that is by knowing that no matter what's going on in the world, our God is with us, okay? we got to not panic. And so... My charge to you today uh, is this. Stand firm through this. Be faithful through this. Okay? Listen, God has, has made you a promise and He keeps His promises. Okay? You and I must have confidence in God. And now more than ever. Okay? Because this is when, where the rubber meets the road. You can say when everything's hunky-dory that you trust in the Lord, but... If you're now in a state of panic, it doesn't really seem like you trust the Lord, does it? Listen to what this says, Hebrews 10, starting 35. It says, do not throw away your confidence. Pretty important. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve 
uh, you need to persevere so that when you have done all the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. 38. But my righteous ones live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and, we, and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Listen to me. God is calling us not to shrink back, not to lose our heads, not to panic, not to go into mass hysteria, but to be level-headed and to understand that God is in control. Period. All this stuff we see, all the reports we get from the CDC, all of those things. Look, it's important stuff. But in a moment's notice, Jesus can come back. And it's really not going to matter what the CDC says at that point. Okay? We'll go back to that word prepare, and that, that's the only thing that will matter then. See, fear is sin, and you and I have been called out of fear and out of sin. You and I are called not to panic, but to pray and to believe the promises of God. All right, last P I want to share with you this morning is this. It's the word proclaim. Now, I, I'll tell you, um, I... Uh, I, I didn't really intend for this word to make it in there, but, I, you know, of course, uh, the church truck does a lot. It, it, I would probably say I meet more people at the gas station in the church truck than anywhere else, right? Because people are, we have to stand by each other, you know. And so the other afternoon, I'm at the gas station at the Flynell, and I'm filling up the, the church truck, and there's a man pulled up, and, and I don't know, he had like 100 kids. I don't know how many he was in there. They stacked up like cordwood, you know. And, and they're, they're in this, it's like a, a minivan type deal, and there's a bunch of kids in there, and he didn't have a wife with him. He, he's there filling up the truck. And uh, so I'm leaning against that little black trash can there on, on that uh, other end of the pump, and he's looking at the truck, and he says something about, you know, where it's at and all that. And so I'm, I'm visiting with him, and so he begins to talk to me about the coronavirus and how scared he is, and his wife's going nuts, and he's got family up somewhere, and, I mean, he just begins to just go nuts. And all of a sudden... I realized, man, I know what to help this guy. And I just began to tell him about Jesus. I said, you know what? I, I, I'm not scared a bit because I know that there's a God in heaven that loves me and he loves you and he's in control of all this. And there ain't no point in this panic. And so I, I, I shared the gospel with him. I, I don't know that, you know, it made any difference at all, uh, you know, to him uh, in terms of uh, his salvation. I, that that kind of, when he got done with fuel, he split, you know. But... I realized, I pulled out of the parking lot and the word popped in my head, proclamation. This was an opportunity to me, for me to proclaim Christ and Him crucified. And, and, and so I want us to think about that today. Here's the deal. With, with all that's going on in the world around us, okay, with all of the panic and all the uproar that, that's going on, people are scared, okay? And, and look, rightfully so, people are scared, okay? And, and, and many times they feel like, you know, they're just being you know, tossed to and fro in some great storm and they, they can't seem to find any, any peace. They're looking for answers. They're looking for, for comfort. And you know what? You and I know the answer to that question. We do. His name is Jesus. And so when you and I are, are visiting with people who uh, are in panic mode or who are scared or, or whatever the case may be, we have two really important things that you and I can do. The first is this. Let them see God's peace resting on you, okay? Look, I'm going to tell you right now, you are not going to effectively communicate the gospel to anyone 
if you're pulling your hair out, okay? They quit listening, all right? They don't believe a thing you have to say, okay? So the first thing we do is we let them see God's peace resting on us. And once that becomes evident, then we share the gospel and we tell them about Jesus. We do what it says here in, in uh, 1 Peter 3 and 15. It says, so do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. To give reason for the hope that you have. Do you know that a great testimony of the believer is that when the whole world is, is panicking, that you, you're at peace? People see that. they got to know, how is it that you're not panicking like everyone else? And you know what? We have the reason we can give them right there. We're able to share then the hope and the peace that comes from the relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? The confidence and the assurance of knowing that no matter what goes on in this world, no matter what we deal with or go, or go through, God himself is in charge. Okay? And that's so important for us to, to, to take hold of today. So share your testimony every chance you get. Let them know why it is that you have peace when the world is going crazy. Okay? Because this time in, his, in, 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 in our society, this may be the time that people will actually listen. And I think it's important that we take advantage of the opportunity to proclaim Jesus in this hour. All right, so as we close this morning, I want to remind you uh, of this. I hope that you wrote these words down because I think, uh, you know, uh, regardless of how things turn out here in the near future, uh, eventually we'll be in the same shape again at some point. And, and I want to just encourage you to let these words, uh, you know, guide you. So the first word was pray. The most important thing you can do. If you don't do anything else, pray and believe God answers your prayers. Second thing, be practical. Okay? Be practical. Make wise choices. Let, let God's wisdom guide your life. The third thing was perspective. Keep things in perspective. Consider the real information. Okay? Uh, then we said we were going to prepare. Make sure we're able to meet the needs of our families going forward. Then we're, the, the other word was panic. Do not let fear rule over you. Okay? Don't panic. And then proclaim. Take advantage of any opportunity to share Jesus with those people who, who are lost. Now, I, I said all of that this morning to say this. Okay? Um, look, the coronavirus is a big deal. Okay? There are going to be some far-reaching effects of the coronavirus. All right? Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm certainly, I'm an optimist, you know, I, I think, well, you know what, it's going to blow over just like all the others did and blah, 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 but I don't really know what the answer is, but I do know this, if we'll apply these principles to our lives, no matter how it turns out, we're going to be okay, okay, because when you and I uh, come to a place in our life where we know that it's actually God in control, it's not the CDC and it's not the government, it, it's, it's God who's in control, when we're there, really doesn't matter what else happens. We know that God is going to take care of his people, okay? Now, I wanted to tell you today, uh, as a church, we take your health and your safety very, very seriously, okay? Um, it, it is, uh, you know, Carol had to warn me, uh, y'all know that I'm a little bit impulsive, and uh, from time to time, I'll stand up and make a proclamation up here. I'll, I'll say something that I intend to do, uh, like, uh, 
Hey, here's what I always say. From now till Jesus comes back. Carol said, don't say from now till Jesus comes back. We're going to meet here every Sunday morning. And I was like, huh? She said, yeah, don't say that. Because you know what? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to listen to local government. We're going to be wise as leadership in this church, and we're going to protect you, okay? Now, I intend to meet here every Sunday, okay? That's my intention. And, and I plan to be right here with you next Sunday, and we're going to praise and worship the Lord together, okay? But if something happens that that changes, we're prepared for that as well, okay? So uh, we are currently able to live stream sermons, so on Sunday morning, you can gather with your family around the television and, and, and be able to hear the Word of God with your, you know, uh, church family a little bit, you know, a little different. It's, you know, probably not ideal. But we don't want you to miss that time, that connection with the Word of God. And so we will make sure that we're meeting that need uh, if that time does happen to arise, okay? Um, you know, one thing that we certainly will continue to do is encourage uh, those of you who have small groups going, continue in your small groups and do those kinds of things. Uh, but just be careful and be wise. Uh, if you go to some strange part of the country, you might let everybody know you've been to a strange part of the country. All right? Uh, so let's just, let's just use our noodle here for, for the next little bit, and let's, let's you know, make sure that we're doing all the things that we can do to protect ourselves, uh, to protect our families, and to protect this church uh, here in Fairleigh, Texas. Okay? So we're prepared in the eventuality that we have to cancel services, we're not planning to do that. But if we have to, for your safety, we will, and we will communicate that with you uh, and, and, and get out better instruction on how you can get online and receive uh, you know, access to the Bible studies, which we will continue. Even if there's no one in class, we're going to continue uh, to do the Bible studies. Uh, we'll get those on video, get those out, uh, be it Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and then certainly our Sunday morning services, we'll, we will make sure that we're able to provide all of those things for you. Uh, but we will do a good job of communicating uh, what, what the plan is, um, you know, and, and you will be updated as soon as we have any information that, that will become uh, pr uh, prudent. So uh, that, that's really my spill on that. Uh, so l l let me say again, okay, God is not bigger than the coronavirus, and you and I have the opportunity to demonstrate our faith in Him right now that's what I meant. Y'all, hey, God knows what I meant. Quit interrupting. Uh, so, so listen, pray, pray to the Lord for our country, for our leaders, and for her people, okay? And, and when we pray, believe that God answers prayer, all right? Y'all join me. Heavenly Father, we come to you this hour. Lord, we're thankful for who you are, for your grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord God, that you love us so much. And, Lord God, that even though uh, the world seems to be in a panic, Lord God, I, I pray that you would just uh, still our hearts, Lord, that, that our, our faith and our trust would be in you and you alone. And, Lord, that we would just know that no matter what comes, Lord, that you're there. Lord, I, I want to lift up all of the people and all of the families that have been uh, touched by this, uh, this illness. Lord, I, I, I just pray that you know, even in, in other countries, Lord God, where, where, where folks have died, Lord, from this and where they're still concerned about, you know, maybe more people dying, I, I pray, Lord God, that you would just uh, reveal yourself to those people. They could find peace and rest in you and comfort in you and, and uh, just certainly be with the families that lost loved ones. Now, Lord, I just pray for wisdom for uh, our president. Lord God, I, I'm thankful that uh, we see him taking steps to protect the, 
uh, this great nation. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, you would just uh, give him and, and all the leaders, Lord, uh, uh, the necessary wisdom to, to help us move beyond this. Lord, today I just want to ask you to, uh, Lord, just look into our hearts this morning. Lord, just test our hearts this morning. Lord, if, if there's one here that doesn't truly know you, that you don't truly know, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you, know, you would just uh, mash on their spirit right now. Lord, that before they leave here, they would just say to you, Lord, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I pray for a spirit of repentance. And uh, Lord, I, I'm just asking you now, Lord, that the blood that your son Jesus shed upon that cross be for me. Lord, that I might be set free for all eternity. Lord, I thank you for loving me, and I thank you for praising me in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray you continue to bless this church, this family. Let us come together and worship and honor you here, Lord God. And, and uh, Lord, let us not, uh, not panic and, and you know, lose our heads over all this, Lord, but let us also be wise. Lord, we just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I know I've kept you long, but don't leave yet. Um, I want to introduce a new family to you real quick. If y'all come up, this is Jerry and Pam Perkins. Where'd they go? They probably heard my sermon and said, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> here they come. This is a wonderful new family that's come to make their membership with here to be part of our family. Uh, they got three kids themselves, and so it's a... Uh, uh, we're going to need more children church workers or something here, but if you'll welcome them as part of your family, would you say amen? amen. All right. Thank you all. Come up and, and shake their hand. Now, last thing. Now, look. Okay, this is important. All right? The youth auction is Saturday. Okay? We have got 80 to 100 kids that need to go to camp, and we do not have the money to do it. Okay? Period. What I'm saying to you is, Let's band together. Let's build something, buy something, whatever we got to do to get this. We're so far below what we normally are in terms of donations to come in for the auction. We really, really, really need you to help to get this thing off the ground so that we can take these kids to camp. Okay, So it's going to be Saturday. We'll be taking donations in. You know, if you build something cool, bring it. We'll take it all the way up until Saturday at 5 o'clock. But we really do need your help. If we're going to see our kids go have a, a spiritual experience with the Lord, it, it'll be because we have banded together to make that happen. Okay? So do not forget. Look, mark it down on your calendar. Saturday at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a big supper. Then we're going to have uh, that, the auction and we need all of you to be here, and we need your neighbors here. Promise them a roll of toilet paper if you have to. But, but be here, be here on Saturday, okay? 8 o'clock Friday morning, be here all day long. So please, guys, let's get our kids off to camp, okay? Let's do that together. Doug's going to pray us out. Appreciate y'all.